Hi, Olivia. Hey, Micah. Hi, Steph. Hi, Micah. And hi, everybody. We are the League of Movable Type, the first open source font foundry. You might know us from the weekly typographic podcast and newsletter, but we're coming to you live from Type Weekend this weekend. I'm Micah. I'm joining you from New York State. I'm Olivia. I'm joining you from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm Steph, and I'm joining you from Melbourne, Australia. And we are here to share a few of our favorite talks that we loved and give you a couple that you can look forward to tomorrow. Shoot, what an incredible day, too. Who doesn't love a Friday? Here we are, end of day two. We've got a bunch of videos under our belt. We still have a few more days to go, but man, was I super impressed by the talks today. The great knowledge just keeps on pouring. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to hear everyone's favorites from the day. I'll go ahead and start. One of the talks I loved was Exploring Vernacular Type in Hanoi by Elizabeth Cavernin. Wow. Again, like a very human look into the typography of a city, very anthropological. It takes you to a different place completely through this talk. Incredibly immersive visuals of vernacular type throughout the city. And Elizabeth also gives a brief history of Hanoi, Vietnam, which I didn't really know much about before watching her talk. I love that she describes her talk as a taste of authentic local typographic flavor of Hanoi. She talks about how there is a lot of handwritten signs in the city, but they are slowly disappearing because a lot of international companies and brands are moving into the city and taking this handwritten signage off the street and putting in more corporate looking typography. So it was her mission while she was living there to capture this handwritten charm and so much heart and soul that was into the letter forms. If you love looking at kind of handmade letters, and often these letters were not even done by professionals, they were done by amateurs, but they had so much love to them and so much charm and so much culture. I absolutely loved taking a walk through Hanoi with her virtually in this talk. And then another talk that I loved was All Set, about characters, glyphs, and which to set to include in your font from Nina Bothoff. And it really offered an approach to figuring out how many glyphs to draw in your typeface, which I think is actually like a pretty open-ended question these days with different language support that's necessary for your character and glyph set and maybe alternates. I know people love putting in like fun extra glyphs in their typefaces. So, Mm. you know, she kind of addresses when and where to bring in extra glyphs or alternates, talks about functional reasons, talks about aesthetic reasons. And then she actually defines the difference between a character set and a glyph set, which I thought I haven't heard that differentiate before so love some new vocab words that we got out of that and I loved her phrase that said just because you're not getting customers from a specific nation or region doesn't mean there isn't a need for language support of that region I felt right that was like really I think really relevant definitely a highlight loved kind of messaging she had in her talk and then one last shout out to fonts for video games overlooked and underserved by Justin Penner. So eye-opening to the different way type is formatted within video games. I can guarantee you most type designers are unaware of um, the super, super different format that is required for video games. And he talks about what you need if you want to market your font for a video game and what sort of license that might be better for that sort of thing because 
there's not a standard one that exists at the moment. And he like ended it with the mind blowing fact that the video game business is $18 billion worldwide. And it, that's what the number was in 2020. And that's more than the movie and music industries combined. Yeah, wow. So like that, if anything was to sell you for trying to make bonds for video games, it might be some cold, hard numbers. <laughs> I got to go back and watch that. That sounds so interesting and out of the box. Mm. Absolutely. Time to get the Game Boy back out, Olivia. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was a Game Gear kid, personally. I, le- I had oh. Sega. Oh, no. Oh, I was definitely into the N- Nintendo side. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like, what's that? Mario Kart for life. Mm-hmm. All right, Steph, let's hear what you've got for us. So yesterday I mentioned that I was really looking forward to the talk by Jayashree Shiddar, who talks about creating from Kupai and finding the type in the trash. And I just love this, similar to you were saying, Olivia, this this real human approach. And that's one of the themes I've noticed across the, the talk so far and, and across the weekend, looking at what's coming up as well as around this just how people are finding typography in different places be it old signs be it in letters and paperwork in their grandparents desk which is exactly what this talk was about and i just love the the, again that human that hand element to it there was the when they were clearing out their grandfather's desk they found shopping lists from 1973 train tickets recipes letters notes like all the kind of ephemera we just collect over a lifetime and all of the different typography and design elements to them as well now a lot of them uh, Jayashree and her cousin found when they had already been torn up by uncles and aunts who were helping with the clear up. So they've got all these kind of fragments of of history, essentially, from the last kind of 50 years or so. And actually, just as a, as a side note, Jeshu was really inspired by you, Olivia. You got a couple of shout outs from your talks from 2020 oh, okay. in, yeah, I know, it was pretty cool. And seeing that you could find typography inspiration and design inspiration all over the place. And what they did was they found all these scraps and they organized them all and they found these different themes around decorative elements, around the logos and the evolution of logos because they found bills and receipts from the same place but from maybe 10 20 years apart and seeing how the the branding and the logos had evolved over that time which was pretty cool the use of sacred symbols and then heaps of lists and just seeing in different years what their grandparents were buying and what they were what they were writing lists for at different times so and i love the point that this it, it the the scraps and these elements of trash basically it they share stories they share stories of 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 people and of situations and of events over a lifetime which i thought was pretty cool that's interesting it was it was super interesting the other ones that i really enjoyed there was another talk or there's a talk by melanie urubia who is a venezuelan designer who talks about teaching cultural awareness and the key idea or thought i took from that or something to really for all of us to go and consider is how graphic design still and graphic design education more specifically still lacks cultural awareness in its principles in its curriculum particularly in western countries so really asking the question of how can we incorporate more diverse source material into our classes into our briefs that and also ones that bring another perspective and maybe that bring challenging topics of conversation into the classroom and particularly into a design classroom when we're thinking about what perspectives to share what view to give and one that isn't just completely one-sided or isn't just a particularly you know in some cases kind of colonial view to a certain particular group or topic or or situation so i think that was a really important reminder and if you are a graphic design educator definitely recommend going and watching that video as well how about you that seems to be an interesting running theme actually Mm. um 
So most of, uh, I, I have two favorites today that I wanted to share with everybody. We'll start with the fun one, which was a most Indian type. And it was a talk exploring faux Indian letters in this one particular font that the speaker had sort of gotten a, a nice little postcard and ignored the font because everybody sees this font literally everywhere and it's gross and ugly and didn't even pay attention to it. And the point is that faux Indian, meaning like it is Latin letters in something that vaguely resembles like Dvengari script faces just as decoration. And so I, I had made the reference yesterday in teasing this that it was like a, a deep dive into an Indian version of Comic Sans. I now think maybe it was more like papyrus because it was mimicking like another culture without really paying any serious homage to it. And so the gut reaction by the designer was like, this is awful. I'm not going to pay attention to this, but sort of paused and asked himself why he thought that and started really investigating what it was about that script and investigating other scripts that were like that. And then expanding on his faux Indian category and diversifying it and trying to build one of his own which was an interesting twist, like to go from this is horrible, what a what a awful font that we all hate, to let's see if we can improve it, which was fun. It was cool. And then my second was an oasis of type and a fount of knowledge, which I don't know if that was intentionally a pun, but I read it as a pun, and I liked that. And this one started off strong with some bold opinions, and I definitely respected that. The speaker, Ishan, came in saying that Modernism as a design language <laughs> was aimed at banishing the lushness of ornament and was a language of the bourgeoisie and had a numbing effect on countries like India where ornament is so respected and loved. And I thought that was really interesting. I have a quote here that I that I grabbed from what he was saying. He said the, the feeling behind that is that the lesser civilized a country is, the more it uses ornament. And this could not possibly be further from the truth. And so he shows these beautiful examples of how like naturally expressive and colorful Indian culture can be. And then goes really deep into this awesome project where it, it was a project that gives local craftswomen from different parts all over India, who he actually points out are often illiterate, gives them this workshop craft environment and a chance to not only express themselves by drawing letters inspired by their own unique local crafts, but also kind of like get interested in letters and reading as well as a potential avenue for literacy, which I thought was like such a beautiful dual purpose, fantastic mission. And he made a point too, to say that like these, these experiences that they were making these, you know, I don't think he used the word workshop, but it was sort of like a workshop. They didn't restrict them with too many rules and trying to say do things this way so that they were more empowered to express themselves first through the crafts that they were already good at rather than being limited by type of latin convention and so then they took those unique authentic craft based drawings and helped turn them into a latin font that celebrated that ornateness and and beauty of it so I just thought that was really cool, A, because he came in strong saying, hey, modernism sucks and the West has ruined a lot of this. 
and then brought it back to this beautiful place where it's that this can still exist. It's you know they're making Latin characters in the end, but more based on the actual people and what they care about and what they're good at and what they do, mm. which I just thought was so freaking cool. There's so much of that this year, I think, isn't there around there's definitely a theme of colonialism is terrible <laughs> in a lot of these talks <laughs> and the the impact that's had in hiding a lot of traditional scripts, a lot of traditional styles. And I just think, mm. yeah, the more we can talk about this and make this part of the regular part of design education. And, you know, even a year or so ago when I was doing some design education as a student, I didn't get any of that. That just wasn't part of the curriculum. And I just think that's even in 2020, that was the case. So there's a lot yeah. to do, a lot to undo as well. For sure. I think there are structures that are... It's about time we rethink them and and or break them down because mm, right. even just today in the talks that we highlighted, there is so much emphasis around not trying to evangelize any sort of type style or mm. genre, which is so often how we're taught type design in history. Instead, mm. it's like, oh, wow, they're... Let's start from the ground up. Let's look at the humans that are interacting with the type. And let's let's think about typography in that sort of way and who's interacting with it, who's relating to it, who is seeing it, because that is has so much more soul to it than the mm. common typographic discourse that we're so used to in every day. Well put, my friend. Yeah. What are you looking forward to, to tomorrow, Micah? Ooh, tomorrow? I've got I've got definitely at least two that I want to highlight. One is totally different from any of the other ones that I've seen, which is discovering the recipe to value-based pricing. It's very mm. businessy, it's very workshoppy, it's very fun. And then the other one that I'm I'm happy to tease is examining indigenous people's writing systems in the context of the great Unicode Emporium. Mm, juicy 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 that's a good word <laughs> i'm going i've got a similar one tomorrow i've got on my must watch list for tomorrow is the exploring the cherokee syllabary by chris skillen so i'm really excited to look into some american indigenous script and characters and language tomorrow which i'm excited about and similar to you Micah, i've got another businessy one on my list for tomorrow which is uh, joanna's courier's one around strategy for foundries from nova type foundry Ooh. Exciting. Also looking forward to strategy for foundries. But on my list, I have Chakma Script Handwriting to Digitization by Bavudi Suze Maurice. And I'm also looking forward to Letters Can Speak to You with Different Tones, The Cultural Narrative of Arabic Typefaces by Atafa Mohammadi. All right. That sounds fun. Shoot. I'm excited for tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs>